you see on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to DC on CW, the Legends of Tomorrow edition. I am Michael Flores, your host for this evening and for this week's discussion. I'm in the studio, though, with Bobby Doherty. Hello, Bob. Hello, hello. All right. So today we're going to be discussing and breaking down season three of Legends of Tomorrow titled Guest Starring John Noble. All right. So the Legends writers are doing what they do best this week. They're getting meta with it. Utilizing John Noble was very silly, but fun, especially for those Lord of the Rings fans. Right, Bob? I, I didn't expect that's where they were going with this. Right. No, I really was expecting like being John Malkovich to where they were going to be inside his head. Yeah. And doing something weird like that. But, uh, you know, well played. Yeah. And I didn't expect it at all. However, it does make sense dealing with the property. Uh, it's partially owned by Warner Brothers, yeah, I believe. Exactly. Use what use what you can get for free. Uh, yeah. So it makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad that John Noble is uh, has a good sense of humor and was willing to do it as well. Plus, it gets some screen time, right? Rather than just using, you know, voice the voiceover because only. I don't think anybody knew, other than you know maybe our listeners, because we announced it like 23 years ago that yeah. it was the voice of Malice. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's people watching the show who still haven't made that connection. That's actually him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the synopsis for this week is the legends must fix two acronyms at the same time to keep malice at bay and form an uneasy alliance with one of their enemies. Uh, directed by Ralph Hemmecker and written by Keto Shimizu and James Egan. Now, things are coming to a head for the legends team. Damian Dark. Our favorite. Yeah, Damian Dark joins the legends team temporarily. And I'll be honest, I did not see that coming at all uh, it was short-lived but it was interesting uh, i think to see his character take that turn how long can you be obsessed with just world domination before it becomes laughable and stale that's uh like uh what are we gonna do today pinky we're gonna take over the world yeah i'm thinking in the brain exactly so they kind of they kind of have to i think they have to take chances with some of their characters if they hope to give them longevity and Taking a character like this that's kind of been all over the map, it makes you feel like maybe they're they're going to be done with him this year, however, because it feels like his arc has gone full. Mm -hmm. So does this mean that he is done? Do you know if his DC on the CW contract uh, has 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 expired? Because I know they signed him, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, it might be over because I know he's on the, that, that universe contract where he can show up on right. any show at any time. Yeah. And 
Um, I don't think they really gave the details about it, but I would expect that if the rest of them are running out, like the the main ones, the bad guys, let's say, like you know, like Cold and uh, right. John Barrowman and mm-hmm. uh, Wentworth Miller have gone. I'm a, even I'm, Katie Cassidy too is leaving. I think. I think her. I think they all got signed around the same time for the same that two probably a two season or so many episodes. Contract, thing. yeah. yeah. So who knows? I like you mentioned Malcolm Merlin and Captain Cold. They're both done. The, the the go-to villains that have been a part of the show, part of the Arrowverse for quite some time are finished and maybe this is um this could quite possibly be Damian Dark's sunset season as well. It would make sense. It would be sad to see him go. I feel like they can do more with him. Should they do more? Mm, that depends on what they have planned. However, it does make sense if they let him go. He's been apart for quite some time. How many more times do you need to utilize him? I think after this week, they kind of taken they kind of took away the uh, the fangs. Yeah, and usually I use that saying as a bad. I, I think it's very bad writing when you defang your villain. However, I think in this scenario, it worked and made sense for his character if his character was done. Mm-hmm. Now, if they flip flop and they go back to him being a villain again, like a full on villain, it would feel a little weird, right? Because they did that with Malcolm Merlin throughout. And didn't it bother you, though, in Arrow that he was like a flip flopper? He's like a politician. One minute he's a good guy. (laughs) One minute he's not. Maybe we're just so used to that in our lives now. It doesn't it doesn't bother anybody. Like, oh, he'll come back. Yeah. Don't worry. And you know what? That's the the charming aspect of comic books. I mean, your villains are never too far away. Well, and that's also the charming aspect of these good ass actors. Yes. Is that you will buy whatever they do. And it doesn't matter with, you know, John Barrowman or uh, Neil here with Damian Dark. You, you kind of buy whatever bullshit they're serving because you can feel the charm through the TV yeah. screen. Yeah, so. for sure. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, you brought up Malcolm Merlin, and I want to touch on that a bit because there are similarities between his turn to good and with Damian Dark. It has to do with their daughters. So the flip-flopping that I brought up, it made sense for Malcolm. It mm-hmm. did. Because usually, what usually brought him around? Yeah. Thea. It was Thea. And the same thing here with with Damien Dark. So if that's the reason why, and he's not truly good, he did say he lost his desire for inflicting pain he, because of love, that he actually experienced love because he loves his daughter. And I like that. And I think, I think you and I are both suckers for those types of things in TV shows because we have Ralph. kids. Yeah. I'm a bad guy, but I'm not really a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm a sucker for those types of things. But again, how long can you do that? Yeah. It, 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 it I wouldn't be sad if he walks away and never comes back. You know, it, it's thank, he, he had a great run. Thank you. You know, it's one of those thank you moments. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you did. All right. You can go on and do something else now. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a spinoff like with him and Constantine together. Well, and that, that's that'd the, be sweet. That's the other option here is that if we really make a bunch of changes for next season for Constantine, why wouldn't he be part of the dark Justice League dark or Legends dark or whatever the fuck? And they want to call it. And he's such a good get as an actor. Um, oh, What's his name? Neil Madonna? Yeah, he is such a good get. Like, he's a fantastic actor. Top notch. So yeah. to even have him on board these shows is a win. So it is going to be hard. Yes, as a character, he's gone full circle. I agree with you. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed a tear when he leaves. But it would be a shame at the same time. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I like him. He's good. It's It's 
good talent. Saying goodbye to good talent is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and worrying about who else they're going to bring in. Yeah, exactly. All right. So first bit of news before we get into the, the complete breakdown of this week's episode. There's an article here from CBR.com. Legends of Tomorrow set out to spend as much money as possible on the finale. That headline grabbed me immediately because hey, I overspending. That's what I'm, I'm all about that for finales. I think you have to after showing malice. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Can't, you can't just that have, can't be cheap. Yeah. You can't have the original spawn movie like demon running around here. I mean, I, I would be curious to find out how much money they actually spent on this week's episodes, visual effects, because they had gorilla Grodd and malice. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money. We already know you had an interview with the voice of Grodd. Yeah. I, his name eludes me. Uh, David Soboloff. And he told you the budget. He didn't give you exact figures, but he said the budget skyrockets. Yeah. Every time he's in an episode. The, the more the more he's in it, the more. But he said he also did say it gets cheaper every time because they're getting better at yeah. it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So with this uh, within this article, I should say it says within season three with the season three finale of DC legends of tomorrow coming just next week. The CW is pulling out all the stops as the DC comics based super team prepares for their epic showdown with this season's central villain malice, AKA John Noble with executive producer, Phil Clemmer promising to leave nothing on the table financially. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Wait, wait, honestly, when you're not renewed at the time of filming, fuck it. Spend it all. Oh, exactly. Spend it all. Yeah. Now, he says in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, and this is a quote here, the goal of a finale is to spend all the money. You can't take it with you. Basically, the strategy is you try to save and save and save. And then when it gets to the end, it's like a trip to Vegas where you pull out all the stops for us, it is akin to cro- to a crossover where you need to spend millions of dollars on visual effects and guest cast. Wow. Hey, millions of dollars. Way to be budget conscious throughout the season. You know, and this is a, an old trick of the trade. I, I have heard other showrunners uh, say similar things that they try really hard to save money here, save money here, save money over there so that they can do the big scene. For well, specific episodes and the finales, you always got to do. Yeah, of you always got to have a big send off. Yeah, because it's the lasting impression for the whole summer. Yeah, you don't want to go off and be like, man, they probably should have spent more money on that wave rider effect because that looked like <laughs> shit. Because that's the last thing you're gonna remember. Yeah, we don't want Constantine fire. We don't want, <laughs> we don't want that, you know, yeah. that shit. Yeah, we, yeah. Ugh. So the article goes on saying, after failing to stop Malice previously with the use of the totems, the team retreats to the Wild West, where they team up with fan favorite gunslinger Jonah Hex, along with some other familiar faces, including John Constantine, who has already been confirmed to appear on the recently renewed series fourth season as a regular cast member. So I'm sure that's going to serve as a nice little setup for his for for Constantine being a permanent fixture uh, on the show. Now, whether or not he's going to be a permanent fixture on the wave rider is a whole other thing, which we're going to get into that in a moment as well. Uh, Phil Clemmer continues to say, we wanted to feel like the season was moving towards something <laughs> weird concept for a TV show. <laughs> well, maybe he should share that idea with uh, the writers of arrow. <laughs> it should be on the whiteboard for story. ideas. <laughs> we want make sure we're moving forward <laughs> towards something. <laughs> 
It doesn't have to be a good something, just something. Yeah. Uh, Clemmer continues, it's about finding the spectacle and spending all the money and having it be a giant blowout, but at the same time, finding that emotional satisfaction. We had some cool, deep individual character stories this year. I agree, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it was Sarah and Ava's romance, boo, or (laughs) Zari coming to terms with not being able to save the future that she's from, and Nate and Amaya's impossible romance. Yay. I love that one. That's my favorite. Uh, The ensemble-driven DC Comics television series has seen the team radically change the timeline of the Arrowverse where most of the CW's DC Comics series take place. Um, Let's see. And tease a final confrontation between White Canary. All right. So that concludes this article. This really... Talk about Phil Clemmer really knowing how to hype a finale. They better deliver now. (laughs) Yeah. My expectations have grown. Oh, yes. No doubt. I mean, they were already there. Um with some of like just even the stupid Instagram type things that were going yeah. on from the cast members, you know, and now if you're you're going to blow budget, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm going to hold you to that. This is going to be amazing, dude. I have some high hopes. Jonah Hex, number one, Jonah Hex and Constantine, two of my favorite all time characters in the same effing TV show. Well, yeah, and that's got to be a thing for a lot of people to where you grew up and you never thought you would see things like this. Yeah. And now... You know, these off-brand superheroes are appearing on a major TV show. Yeah. All right. So next article that we have here is from SciFiWire.com. Legends of Tomorrow boss swears they won't de-cool Constantine in season four. And the reason why this headline caught my eye, Bob, is because I've been talking about this. <laughs> I've said this. I'm yes. like, I hope. We've had this conversation since he was coming back. You're like, he can't suck. Yeah. Yes, that was more my words. I didn't I didn't use the verbiage de cool, but that's pretty much what I was meaning. Like don't change the vibe yeah. of Constantine to fit legends. I don't care if it's a clash of styles. In a lot of ways, that's what comic books do. Comic books don't change the tone of one character to fit the guest appearance he's gonna have in another. No, you have those clashes of styles. Yeah. You you think of things like even like Wolverine and the X-Men. Yes. They're there, two different like groups of people. And Wolverine does not necessarily fit with them, but he's an X-Men. Yeah. All right. So this article says when Legends of Tomorrow returns next season, John Constantine will become a permanent fixture on the CW superhero series. But instead of joining the crew of the Wave Rider and fitting in with the team, it may be up to the Legends to adapt to Constantine. I have no problem with that. Oh, man. What if they just fucking travel in the house the whole time? <laughs> so stupid, dude. They're what? just in his house. Right? <laughs> like in the in-between world. and Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you're okay. not laughing, I, asshole. I was like, what are they going to be like? <laughs> okay, this week we're going to be in the kitchen. <laughs> it's going to be like Roseanne and all them. Turns <laughs> <laughs> into like a sitcom. Yes. Oh. I was like, with a live studio audience oh, when no. people come on. They're like, yay, Sarah. If Guggenheim was running this, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it would. There's an episode of fucking Scrubs. Oh, an episode of Cheers that would fit Constantine a bit. Just yeah. at that bar, still drinking the bar the whole time. All right. So the article says that's what Legends of Tomorrow executive producer Phil Klemmer revealed in a recent interview that he did with ComicBook.com, where he promised he won't water down the character when the occult detective and demonologist becomes a series regular for season four. This is exciting. Personally, he says, I can't imagine Constantine having quarters on the wave rider. Thank you. 
<laughs> I want to keep him Constantine. I don't want to ever have a scene of him having to do his laundry because to me, guys like Constantine, they always have clean clothes. Who knows where they come from? I don't want to see that scene. The fact that Phil Klemmer gets it. Yeah. And it sounds like he's a fanboy of Constantine. This is a fucking positive. Oh, yeah. Definitely. This is a good thing. Uh, he says instead of ship's quarters, Klemmer hinted that the apartment where we last saw him and no in necromancing the stone may be where the legends will find him instead. Which is the cartoon. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That was just like an episodic set that was built just for the episode, Clemmer added. As soon as I saw that severed foot chicken storyline, it showed Constantine in a different light. Most people don't think of him as being a funny guy, but I think that's the trick of our show. And he's right. There, there are some misconceptions with John Constantine due to the movie. Now, I didn't have a problem with the movie. I actually am one of the few Constantine fans that enjoyed Keanu Reeves' portrayal mm -hmm. and the movie. It was fun for what it is, and there was less humor to it. And more moroseness, which both is a part of Constantine, but Constantine is a cynical, sarcastic asshole, which is a different side of humor. Do you think people really take something that happened 13 years ago and remember it that well? Yeah. If you're old enough, if you're old enough, do you not? When I, okay, I read the comic books to this day. Uh huh. I read them before the movie came out. I read them after the movie came out, and I'm reading the new ones currently, and I still go back to that movie. Okay. And maybe it's just because I'm a Constantine fan. I don't know. But I still find myself drawing comparisons. Do you think it's too – do you think it's not relevant anymore? I, I just was wondering because I, I know it's, you know, what, 13 years ago? Yeah, it's been a long time. And, uh, I mean, I've never actually seen that movie. What? To, to be honest with you, yeah. It's actually pretty good, dude. It's just because Constantine wasn't one of those things that was – it like drew me to it. It wasn't one of the big, you know, five superheroes that would be like, oh, I need to go watch the movie. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I was just wondering with, you know, the CW age range of being, you know, that 19, 18 to 49 year old demo. You know, do people actually remember this movie? You know, that's a valid point, especially when you look at the CW demo. They may not even and they may not have even drawn those comparisons yeah. yet. Yeah, that's valid. I mean, Keanu is a bit relevant to the younger people because of his recent movies. <laughs> because he doesn't uh, age. Yes. Uh, damn that dude. Was he like in his 50s and he's he still looks like he's like mid-30s? Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. This is totally off topic, but they released those reunion photos and it had Bill and Ted in the, the, the thing. And they're like, oh, they had to make Keanu Reeves grow a beard so you knew he was older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks the same. <laughs> he looks exactly the same. All right, so Phil Klemmer says, I don't want to defang him or de-cool him in a way. I don't want him to have to accommodate to being a legend. I think it's up to the legends to tolerate John Constantine. That's, dude, that's a perfect concept. Okay. That is, a, you couldn't do it any better than that. No, definitely. Uh, and if you read the comic books, wherever John Constantine, John Constantine is a sore thumb, no matter where he goes. Even in his own comic book, he doesn't fucking belong. That's the funny part of John Constantine. Nobody wants him around. Everyone has to accommodate him because he's a diva. So to, to see Clemmer say that makes me feel so confident with what they're going to do with him next year. Yeah, and, and I know later on we're going to talk about hopes for next season, yeah. and I have some speculation based on this article now. Good. good. And so, yeah. All right, well, we'll get into that we'll in a moment. We'll get into that later. Yeah, let's go to a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to get into this episode plus uh, what you just mentioned. We'll be right back. I'm already helping a bunch of idiot do-gooders. Sorry, I'm up to my fuzzy hood and teamwork. DC on CW. We'll be right back. 
Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Say, do you? I don't think I do. <laughs> Good God. I'm just amazed that Tony could fall asleep during a show. I know. I, I didn't. Ex- Is he awake right now? I can't see him. His eyes are too squinty. I'm not certain. Oh, that's racist. <laughs> that should be a meme. That should be a meme. Can someone take a picture of Tony and say, okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's sleeping or if he's just Asian. I'll sneak him. <laughs> I'm looking off into the horizon. I'll are sneak you? a picture later. Maybe that's why I didn't know he was asleep. You thought I was, he was looking off into the horizon. I thought it was just Asian eyes. Yeah. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. This is Star Wars from the Butter Tinker All I'm saying is that someday we may be ready for a rated R Star Wars, but right now, putting the Star Wars name on things where people are already confused with Rogue One, and now you're throwing a radar rating, it's just it's too much confusion. It's not about disnifying, it's about making sure the mainstream audience and general audiences understand what's going on. Can yeah. you imagine that, dude? You, you go to see Star Wars and it has a rated R. Uh, rating on you like what yeah what what, what what is this and on top of that it's kind of like for those people those fans that want a rated r movie you guys do realize that star wars was made for a younger audience yeah, you know what go, if you want something more adult just go look up keywords on google here star wars parody porn there you go that's mature content right there for you <laughs> there's, there's lots of shooting in people's faces and uh all kinds of things <laughs> Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to Rain Man Digital's DC on CW. I walked into the party. I seen some I never saw. All right, welcome back. DC on CW, the Legends of Tomorrow edition. All right, so let's get into this. All right, let's see here. The Wave Rider team throws in with Damian Dark to stop Malice from rising. 
despite legends always making a mockery of themselves and not really taking themselves seriously, which is the charm of legends. It is without a doubt. I was going back and forth with a friend on Twitter just the other day about the casting of Constantine and Jonah Hex. He's a weird West buff. He's a listener of our shows uh, and a big weird West fan. And he's a fan of like similar things, like the occult demonology in terms of comics and, and the connection to Constantine. And he said that's the best thing about legends. That's why he can tolerate it is because it doesn't take itself seriously. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's definitely the most fun of the shows. Yeah. And however, that being said, this episode, I think, takes the cake with moments like protecting young Barack Obama to having Sarah seek him out for advice, then wiping his memory to having Grodd say time to make America Grodd again to having Ray shrink down and go inside of Nora's ear and pretend he's malice. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a bit torn with this episode. There were some funny moments, but this also makes me feel like the writers didn't take themselves seriously either. Really? Yeah. I, it makes me think any idea isn't bad. Okay. Like if you're a writer and you're coming up with ideas, imagine, okay, you're in the writing room, you have that whiteboard and you're like, all right, what are we going to do? Um, Ray... Uh, shrinks down and goes inside of Nora huh? Huh? and the ear. I like it. Let's do it. It, it doesn't feel like Clemmer actually says no to anything sometimes. Go, shrinks down into her vagina. <laughs> They're not going to let that on the air. Okay, ear to that. Ear. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's going to go in a hole. <laughs> An orifice. Or, yeah. And the script will just say orifice. Yeah. You choose special effects people, <laughs> put them where you want. Yeah, leave that time decision up to them uh i think that's my only issue with this episode and sometimes legends and normally i don't feel that way i think it's pretty clear that i enjoy this show a lot more so than any other show on the cw that's dc related except maybe black, black lightning. lightning don't lie yeah <laughs> you don't you don't have to sugarcoat it's it. more my tone it's more serious yeah that's why um not that it's necessarily way better written it's just more my my thing I know there's been silly moments throughout the entire uh-huh. season. I know they they rescued George Lucas and saved Star Wars. I, I <laughs> and had the trash compactor scene yes, and everything. I, I I get it, but I feel like it was like they were throwing everything today or this episode at the wall and seeing what stuck. Did you ever see like when South Park made fun of Family Guy with the idea balls? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this is kind of like. They're like, yeah, they're like, what happened? All right, we Grod popped up. Uh, Barack Obama college what what do we do what do we do here come up with an idea you guys over there go yeah and i know uh, in an interview someone asked clemmer whether or not he would possibly consider doing an episode with trump in it now and he said yes and i'm like clemmer come on dude you can't just say you can't be a yes man you, you can't just say yes to everything <laughs> Yeah. So that con quotes. Don't get me wrong. I really like Clemmer. I think he's one of the best showrunners on the network for these shows. But at the same time, like Phil, uh, butterflies with lasers. <laughs> yes, yes. And the thing that we're gonna have that. And the reason why I'm torn is because that actually sounds like it could work in the show. <laughs> <laughs> they they took Ray shrinking technology and they put it on butterflies. Yeah, it, it sounds stupid, but then you think about it, I'm like that could actually work in this show. Yeah, like I could swing that. And that's why I'm torn whether or not I enjoyed this episode. I feel like they could have pulled back a little bit, maybe. I think it was just a little too much thrown at us towards the tail end of the season, maybe. 
it, again, it's not a deal breaker. It no. doesn't it doesn't ruin it for me. It, it kept with the spirit of the show. It was just a lot of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that being said, let's discuss development of the story and our characters. All right. So we have Damian Dark, and we mentioned him a bit at the beginning, but. There's a few questions there. Has he really switched sides? Will he continue to help defeat Malice, even though his daughter is more than likely gone? She's probably dead. Do you think he's being sincere? Do you think the love of his daughter truly changed him? Can that change someone who, without a doubt, Bob, is full on evil? Yeah. I I honestly believe kids can change everything. Okay. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a bad writing gimmick. No, no, no. But it, but legitimately, if you were to come across, like, I know when my daughter was born, it changed everything. You can never believe that you could love something that you've never really known. Right. And I think he's running into that scenario right now to where, all right, like, I really didn't, wasn't with my daughter. I love her so much. I thought this was going to work out. It's not really working out the way we thought. Yeah, I might need to switch something. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure you're the same way with your kid. If there was some kind of deal that could solidify your kid's future for the rest of your life, you would seriously consider it, whether it was good, bad, evil, yeah, or whatever. You would sit there and go, so my daughter's going to be set for the rest of his life. All I got to do is, you know, kill this dude. Oh, well, hold on. Now you're talking about murder over there, Bob. Simmer down. Yeah, I would kill somebody. If they paid me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to re- delete that. I want you to get arrested here. Uh, <laughs> is this evidence now? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blackmail and put it in a safe. <laughs> yeah. Bob's secret is he admitted that he was going to kill somebody on air. You pretty much just did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is a very similar page taken from the Malcolm Merlin playbook where he switched sides a lot. And more often, yes, Malcolm was a little bit more of an I think he was more well fleshed i think he was more fleshed out than damian dark because he was also a permanent fixture on one show so i feel like his flip-flopping was a little more dynamic it made a little more sense and it wasn't always connected to his daughter but ultimately it did come back to that um so we have seen our fair share of baddies that turn good this is this isn't a new concept in the show yeah captain cold a permanent guy mick mick was a bad dude he killed people And he's become good. So this isn't a new concept. However, nobody has done anything quite as bad on screen than Damien Dark. Can the audience forgive Damien Dark for killing Laurel Lance? That's so weird because they forgive Slade for killing (laughs) Mora. Yeah, but that's Slade, dude. Come on. (laughs) And plus, the mom wasn't that good of a person. It's not, it wasn't anybody we cared about. And she wasn't that great of a person. She was kind of bad. Too. Yeah. Laurel was a good person that got murdered while and, fighting and being a superhero. All right. Sorry. Bad comparison. <laughs> so just saying we've forgiven bad guys for killing people. I, now, if I'm this, on drugs. <laughs> Jesus. And you're killing people over there. No, I'm saying oh, that was oh. that was Slade. I'm oh, not th- really okay. on drugs right See, now. See, that's true, too. Don't pee test me Monday. <laughs> so. Now, it it all depends on what they have planned for him. If this is just his sunset season and he's done after this, then I don't think it matters. But moving forward, if he was if he were to stay on the show, there are people out there who aren't forgiving. Like I I am already I'm already forgiving him because he's awesome. 
I, I can get over it. Wasn't my sister he killed. Yeah, I can get over it. But there are a lot of people who aren't like me. They may say like, no, nah, I just, I, I don't want to see him. I don't, I don't want him to be good. I don't want him in the screen fighting for good. The guy is evil. He killed the black canary. And gave us the new black canary, which is, which worse. is even worse. So it's your fault, Damien. That's a Jesus, Bob. You just blew my mind. <laughs> if it wasn't for that scene we wouldn't have the terrible Dino Drake we have now go back to let him fix it fix it Sarah fix it See, now they should now they should change the timeline the saver if anything save us all from from that save the Arrowverse catastrophe please all right so whether you can get behind it being a permanent thing or not I feel like it worked this week to help stress the danger of malice and I think that was the point more than anything not that we didn't grasp it before but to see someone like Damien Dark licking his wounds hobbling over and needing help it does raise the stakes to see this guy who for the most part is more powerful than anybody on the wave rider Uh he can stop a speedster yeah in the middle of running like it ain't no thing so this is a great way to raise the stakes when you have somebody who's evil fears malice more than his own evilness and willing to come and help them. It does, in fact, raise the stakes because you sit there and wonder, all right, well, if this guy is, is scared for what he's doing to his daughter and he can't stop him and he needs the help of the Legends team. It does the trick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and it definitely got my it got my attention. And, and I think that was the entire point more than anything, more than trying to be sappy, more than, you know, the melodrama we talk about on some of these shows. Yes, there were some of those moments that are quite over the top. We get it. We understand, Damien. We, you love your daughter. And he said it various times. <laughs> but I think the point was to raise the stakes. Yeah. To stress malice is coming. And even one of the most evilest people. Yeah, the, the guy uh, who started the Legion of Doom last yeah. year is afraid. Yeah. All right. So the biggest takeaway I feel this week was the Amaya issue. Amaya wanting to change the timeline was, was an interesting moment for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I personally liked what it did for Wally West. This to for me was one of the greatest elements of this episode you brought up wally there and you haven't been on legends since wally's return what what is your opinion of wally now that he's brought back okay well it isn't a secret if people listen to the flash show when i was on that show Uh, wally is a character that i have always struggled to like and a lot of it may have to do with the fact that the writers of flash just were awful when it came to writing his character, it, I, I'm not alone, right? No, um, no, no. And we've we've all had that same kind of discussion that you know when on Flash he was like the seventh character, so he was course, so obnoxious. Yeah, you're not probably getting the the people that really need to be writing him, giving him good things to do. So, and I felt like it was just poor on so many levels because I've never been a Wally West fan, but you schooled me and told me that you know wally west is just as important to comic book fans as barry allen yeah, it, it isn't there isn't a lot of superheroes where their doubles the, the the secondary character is just as big as the primary yeah there's not captain america there's three different captain americas people like steve rogers exactly so to have a character where two two of them are just as popular as the other and you're just writing him awful. I always thought that was just such a piss poor way to 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 deal to deal the fans this type of character. Yeah. It just it's sad. But 
in just a few short episodes that Wally has been in Legends, they've managed to repair him. Okay. So you feel the same way me and Lauren do? Absolutely. He is interesting. He's not obnoxious. He still has the young immaturity, but I think that fits with the, the goofy buffoonery of the other dude it's a person now it's a personality trait before it's a personality like flaw right that you looked at you're like grow the fuck up yeah it fits with nate and roy not roy uh, ray Ray. it fits with them they all act the same they're they all get excited about nerdy geeky stuff it's no different than if you and i and ryan were thrown onto the wave rider we'd be doing the same jokes yeah the same jokes so they've done a great job and in the short time he's been on Legends, they course corrected his characterization and behavior, and it's worked for the show. And going through the hashtags for Legends and Wally West, the viewers agree. A lot of people are expressing the same thought. Wally West is no longer hated. He was a hated character. Hated. We, we put him in the female side of the hotness bracket because he was always a bitch. <laughs> So, oh, no, that was that was that was one of the, the big themes for our show. Yeah, it was such a disappointment. So it's been nice to see him turn around. And I'm glad you're appreciating what the Wally West character probably should have been two years ago. Yeah. I like that they and just the, you know, for example, for this week, just little things does the trick. You don't need to draw things out. Just the idea that he's the one that has that has to bring a real perspective to the equation. Telling Nate, I can't, I won't, not I can't, I won't. Yeah. I won't let you do this. He, he learned something that Barry didn't. Isn't that great? That's yes. what I took from that. I'm like, this dude has managed to grasp the concept of fucking with the timeline in a way that Barry still hasn't figured out. So awesome. I love it. It's yeah. so good. And it fixes his character. It makes him so much better to see a character that can learn not from his own mistakes, but learn from others. It makes sense. It's real to life. And also it does make sense. Despite the fact that I, I didn't like Wally in the flash. It makes sense to his character because what did he always say? He wanted to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. Let me be here. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's learning. Uh, this loophole algorithm is uh, a big red flag for me. Uh, the loophole algorithm they concocted a few episodes ago. I'm very happy that they did not use it this week. I found myself rolling my eyes a bit when they brought it up. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things you want to stay away from. You don't want that bulletproof vest where that you can basically confront any problem it's a it's a poor writing gimmick that you see utilized in a lot of tv shows and it could really get messy because you start questioning well why don't you just use the algorithm to change that why even start yeah just just run it yeah exactly so i'm glad that they because that's the first thing i thought when they came up with this Mm -hmm. and the way they explained or how they explained why they couldn't use it for this situation. Too many ramifications to the timeline. There is no loopholes. There's no getting away from it. This moment in time is too relevant and too many things are connected to this moment. I like that because it, 
it still keeps it so that if you need to use it, sometimes it's nice to have as a writer for a TV show. It's nice to have those cheats. Yeah. But also it gives you limits. It's actually a smart decision. Yeah. It was a good call. They didn't find out. It's like, hey, if you go back to 1979 and stop that acorn from falling off of that tree right there, everything will be fine in 1992. Yeah. You're like, oh, really? That's what we're going to use this for? Yeah. And it's a flaw that you see a lot of shows suffer from uh, when they're relating to time travel. That's why time travel is something that I, I would run away from. Because it, there is a lot of issues <laughs> I don't that wa- comes with it. <laughs> I don't want your rules. I, there are, though. There's so, so many, many rules. rules. So many rules. And there's always those people like us that are overly <laughs> logical. And we're just like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Amaya and Nathaniel thing this week. Nate coming to the realization. Realization that realization jesus that he and amaya do not end up together it's a little bit sad and i'm not a sucker for romance in these types of shows uh this is one of the dozens of one of the dozens of relationships on the berlanti dc on cw shows that they managed to make work yeah and not make it over melodramatic yeah it's just uh it's not just me, right? Yeah, like, no, it's good. It, no, it is. It is. It was it was weird for me with this one when the, you know, he goes back to the old lady and she doesn't remember. Oh, that was bizarre. I mean, he was getting into it. Yeah. And and she looked like, I don't know what she she looked like a terrible makeup job. Oh my god, that was the worst. I'm glad they spent the money next episode <laughs> because they sure as fuck they they I mean, I've seen better makeup on fucking Johnny Knoxville on Jackass playing an old dude than they did with her. It, it, oh, she looked they look like if you take one of those morphine things and you're like, I want to look like a Sharpay and they morphed her face with a Sharpay yeah. and it was just fucking wrinkly. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I, I would have bought some crow's feet around the eye. Black don't crack. Oh. So you could have got away with that. Give her some gray streaks in her hair. Give her some crow's feet on the, the you know, the edges of the eyes. And I would have, I would have bought it. Yeah, I agree. I, I rather question why she doesn't look that old. Than the question why they let air out of her. Like, did she get fat <laughs> along the way? <laughs> and they deflated her face. It's so bad. I wasn't sure if I was being overly critical no, or what. You're not. Like, it, it was one of the, like it, it, it was like, one of the ones where I looked at it at first. I was like, oh, it's in the dark. It doesn't look that bad. And then with the light, I'm like, holy fuck, what the fuck did they do to her face? Yeah, it was it was very poor. And it reminded me of it reminded me of a, a makeup job that was done good. And then when the makeup artist walked away, they pulled on it and fucked it up. And they're like, oh, shit, I got to fix it before I go on set. And it was just all twisted and turned and contorted. It just looked very poor. Yes. It looked like she was a burn victim. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. No, no, definitely. Like, I'm I'm, I'm glad. No, we're both on the same. (laughs) But I, getting back to the uh, Amaya and Nate relationship, I enjoy yeah, let's it. Let's get off the wrinkly face. <laughs> I enjoy it. I thought it was good. Um, I was also able to understand these scenes this week. Plus, they managed to pull back and give us humor before we go too deep as well. So it works. I like it. I, it. It does make me sad a bit knowing that just because I connect with Nate and Amaya a lot, like they're very well done, the characters and the mm-hmm. relationship. And, and there's something. I guess charming is the word for it about Nate. Oh yeah. Definitely. That he, that his whole purpose in life is just to love Amaya. And 
I'm not a fan of that type of behavior in TV shows, but it works for who he is and the character that we were introduced to and to see that that just tears at him. But at the same time, that doesn't mean he's going to end it now because he's going to enjoy it this relationship and the love of his life for as long as he can. Yeah. And what I worry about when I see these things is that, and it's more of a selfish thing that I'm like, Oh shit, we're getting to the end of the road with some of these characters. Yeah. You're just like, they're gonna like leave the ship. If I was Nate, you know what I would do, Bob? I would just say, Hey, you know what? You got to have kids, right? With, 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 you got to have these kids. They're important in the timeline. So, you know, go ahead and do your nasty with them, but I'm going to be over here. You're just going to be a side piece. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, no, no, listen, you just need to have the kids. So do what you need to do. Gideon, when does she get impregnated? <laughs> yeah, I need to know when, <laughs> when's conception. <laughs> and that's what I would do. Problem solved. Like, she will be ovulating on yeah. December 7th, 1974. And, and, and don't turn into a jealousy thing. Just, you know, cuckold them. Just be in the back room and be like, right, I'm just going to keep an eye. Make things don't go too far. Just do, <laughs> do the deed. That would be a whole episode. Like, cause you know, she's from the, you know, the forties and she doesn't understand a lot of this yeah. shit. She, imagine <laughs> if he said that word to her and he's like, I have to uh, like, <laughs> I have to explain this to you. I'll be like, yeah, we don't have that 1942. What is it? <laughs> that would be so good. He's Problem like, solved though. That's what they need to do. That's what I would do. Hey, listen, there's no reason to break up. Just get Ray to go in there with like a little vial and swim up the guy's pee hole and pull out some oh, sperm and then impregnate oh, her. <laughs> They're like, look, look, you got the right person. Oh, that They're going to be the same good. dad. Don't worry. It'll work out. Yeah. Timeline secured. <laughs> good. Run that through your simulation, bitch. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. So Ava and Sarah's relationship. I, I just I don't care about their problems. No, I don't care about the Ava issue. Now, Ava's true background. There is more to that than we know so far. And that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We already know that Rip Hunter has deleted information (laughs) on her. Is an asshole. Yeah. And I think many of us assumed that it had to do with the fact that she is a clone. I feel at that moment. Yeah, it was either that or she was uh, her granddaughter. (laughs) I'd be okay with that one. A clemmer does take any idea. (laughs) (laughs) exactly hey so what ava ava's gonna be with sarah and she's gonna be her granddaughter phil phil where's phil no no phil not on this one okay sorry phil's all that's a shit idea come on phil you just said the ear thing was a good idea this is bad i thought this is a safe room (laughs) all ideas are not good here there is something big that's coming up and i think the um the the clone, the Ava is a clone thing was kind of some smoke screen to throw us off mm-hmm. on what really is going down with Ava. That is interesting. Yeah. But what could it be? Do you have any thoughts? It's, it's going to be season five. It's what it's okay. going to be. I so mean, you think this is going to lead to her bigger role next season? Yeah, because okay. like, what are we going to like in the next 51 minutes or 42 minutes that we have left of the show? What are they going to accomplish that's going to make me satisfied with this storyline? Yeah. Unless it's a cliffhanger ending where they figure out what's going on, uh, you know, and that leads into next season to where we find out that she is somebody significant in the timeline or from the past that Rip did something to. And that's what leads into season the next season. Okay, I'm fine with that. But again, I, I'm afraid, like, don't rush it. If she's going to be a season regular, we'll play the shit out of this and develop it. Make it something bigger and better. Yeah, I agree. 
I 100% agree. They've got to do something with her to make her interesting outside of the fact that she is a piece of ass for Sarah. Uh huh. Because as of now, that's not interesting. So in order to. Yeah, we've seen her fuck all kinds of people. <laughs> and that's the Sarah that I like, honestly. The one that fucks everybody? That's the Sarah I want. I, I don't I don't want this relationship. No. I, I don't care. You I don't, don't want her getting all sappy. I don't need to see Sarah go through all this. It's kind of unnecessary. How many relationships have we already seen her go through? And every, it always ends the same. Every lead character on the CW shows has to have a relationship. Yeah, I, I, I like what they've been doing with the show so far where they allow Sarah to be an independent character. I don't mind it being a thing if they didn't overdo it. Look at what they do with Arrow. One of the few things they do right. Diggle and his wife's relationship. Perfect. Yeah. She's there. She helps out. She assists. She's an awesome character. I actually, she's one of my favorite characters in the show. Mm -hmm. They don't overutilize her. They don't underutilize her. And she's connected to Diggle in a way that matters to his character development since he's the lead. That's the best way to do relationships because for some reason, they can't just have a relationship. It's a relationship with issues. Yeah. It's boring just to go on dates. Like, yeah. Mine and Deb's relationship would be boring on TV. (laughs) (laughs) We go through our things. We do our things and there's no drama. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Ava being a season regular, but they definitely need to make her character a lot more interesting. And the mystery behind her and who she is and what's obviously there's something murky about her past. That is interesting. And if they find a way to catapult that over to the next season to make her relevant, I think that's a win. And I think they can do it. They've definitely set up the pieces to do that. Yeah. Just slow play it. Yeah, be careful. But do you think Sarah and Ava's relationship will be done? Do you think they're going to go the entire season next year in a relationship? Um, uh, Yeah, just because of the history of the shows. I don't think there's going to be a breakup type thing. I think this is going to be the next couple. If Nate and Amaya are gone. Yeah. The, the, you know, we got to have our couple. Here's our I, couple. I don't understand why. Yeah, you, I don't get it. I want to write a letter. <laughs> do they a- still do that? Fan letters? I'm sure. Snail mail. You you know what? I bet you a real live letter would get us more traction than us tweeting (laughs) at these people. Yeah, they're like, who the fuck sent us snail mail? I'm going to read this shit. Right? Like, this dude took time to actually write a letter. Yeah. Or cut out pieces of a magazine and glue them on. All right. So, one episode left, Bob. Mm -hmm. We know that next week, the Legends team will include Constantine as well as Jonah Hex. So, what do we hope to see? next episode what do you think we're gonna say it's an interesting thing because i don't know what jonah hex is gonna pull to the whole demon part of this you know with his his space being outside of the timeline according to everything that we've been taught about the salvation yeah um but again i don't think you can go wrong with all these characters that are coming back to, to battle them uh, what I hope is that whatever they do to fight malice is going to lead to what's going to happen with that article we talked about earlier with the Constantine being in the apartment and more being maybe based in one set of time that maybe some kind of spirits get released. And like that's the big ending that they, they oh they defeated malice, but they opened up some kind of gateway to hell that now they got to help Constantine and maybe even Jonah Hex get these people back to where they belong. Yeah. I mean, I I think that would be like the coolest way to end it. 
Um, I I don't see any like deaths coming. I see people probably leaving the ship because if they're really no deaths, really, I don't. I, I, Legends isn't a dying show for me. I mean, I know they did it with Captain Cold, which was shocking as fuck at the beginning. That was such a great death scene too. Uh, so I, impactful. But I just but don't. Martin Stein's death scene meant a lot too. Yeah. 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 And, and do we, do we have more of those coming? I mean, right. Again, the, the sign one was surprising. I completely spaced it out because I block it out. Cause that's what my therapist told me to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I like not knowing, I guess. Yeah. I, because a lot of times I already know, or I have a general idea of how we're going to finish. Yeah. Cause that's shitty writing. Yeah. But when it, you it, can't figure it out, that's a good thing. Yes. I, I'm with you. I'm on the same page. I feel like I think they're going to wrap up the episode more than probably about halfway through. And then the second half, I don't think we're going to have that last minute setup. I think they're going to start laying down the grid. If they do that, if they do take the entire episode to wrap it up, to wrap up the season, mm-hmm. and then you're going to see them laying down the breadcrumbs or the groundwork I should say for the season premiere next year yeah I mean they're already doing it the fact they have Constantine there that's what they're doing the fact that Ava is connected in some way to the the main myth arc of the season and her past and then she's a season regular next year they are doing it Mm -hmm. so it just depends on how they do it I I don't think anyone's gonna die I think you're right but what does it mean? What does the season finale mean for next year? I know we have one more episode, but let's talk about talk about it and what, let's speculate briefly. Um, there's an article here taken as well from comicbook.com where they title this they title this headline this article as what we hope to see on Legends of Tomorrow season four. So this this isn't our ideas. This is theirs, and I want to read a few of them. And see if you agree. Okay. I want to see if we're on the same page with some of these fans here. Uh, number one, the rising darkness. This has to do with John Constantine's background. The rising darkness, an increase in dark mystical energies that dominated the plot of Constantine's first season, his TV show on NBC that got canceled and culminated with the angel he had been fighting alongside revealed as an archangel working for the devil. It always felt like something that could gel fairly easily with the rise of Damian Dark. And then the totems. I don't know. I think you're asking a lot. From that. I think bringing the devil. Into this show is. Uh, is a no no. Okay so let, let me ask you this Mr. Supernatural host. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think that there's room for two of the same type of story things that go on? That dude that's a great question man. Because for years. That's why people debated since Constantine got canceled what in 2014 something like that yeah Uh, they've been debating about whether or not constantine fits on the cw because they have they have a guy in a trench coat (laughs) which is inspired by the constantine comic books Uh uh-huh like misha collins character castiel is inspired by elements of the constantine comic book the hellblazer comic book from the 90s and then you have Lucifer, the show I believe on NBC, that's also from the same network. Yeah. It's, it's WB. It's they a, shoot on the same lot. Fox, I think. But yeah. yeah. Fox, that's right. So there's a lot of similar things. It, Lucifer is a very different type of show. Uh, I, I feel like they can, but they have to be very, very careful. Because okay. then you run the risk of derailing other shows. 
because that that was always my question of you know again i'm not a supernatural thing i know about it just because of the network and you know being around you guys and i always wondered what how they would balance it so it wasn't just like one of these things that we're we're doing a show next year and you're like that's bullshit season four <laughs> episode seven yeah. of supernatural did the same fucking thing yeah <laughs> You got to be careful. And you also don't want a complete tonal tonal clash. I mean, I'm okay with them changing things around like Clemmer was talking about mm-hmm. and catering more to Constantine. And Legends hasn't shied away from very dark supernatural themes and characters and villains as we can see. Yeah. But bringing in Constantine's direct issues into Legends may turn it into a legends or may turn legends into a Constantine show. And I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. Because eventually Constantine will leave and the wave rider will remain. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Cause uh, when you remove a character like that, yeah. Yeah, Especially after changing the, if they, the tone and everything. Yeah. I mean, you can make them relevant. Absolutely. And I feel like the plan that we discussed at the beginning of the show that Clemmer was uh, mm-hmm. going on about, I think it's a great thing. But you have to be careful with certain character elements that, you, that you're that you going to bring in because you do run the risk of derailing the entire show. There's got to be a good balance. Make Constantine relevant. Make him important. Give him a purpose why he's there. But should you bring in his personal problems and his direct arch nemesis, the devil, and the angels, I don't know. Yeah. It, Is that going to change legends bringing angels into exactly. the show? And like, what can a speedster do against the supernatural? Yeah. And and are we going to have to be like, oh, our summer shows this year will be us doing Constantine <laughs> because we have to figure out what the fuck's going to go on in legends if they're really going to follow this storyline. Yeah. All right. So number two is a lineup shakeup. And that's something we are getting. They go on about getting new characters. Uh, character arcs have been closing out and new ones have started. We already kind of got into that. Hex or uh, Constantine, Ava are the two that we know for sure as of right now. I I really want Jonah Hex. But we also ask, where does he fit in? Are we going to see him take off his uniform and wear 70s clothes when they travel back in time? <laughs> That's weird. It's just like, what what's wrong with his face? Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But again, if they if they base it in one time period and I it's agree. more of that supernatural type thing, they could, this is if you have an opportunity to do something, this is it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number three is Avalanche. How does having someone in her life impact Sarah? Oh my god. Yeah, this is something they want. Apparently, this that is they puked in my mouth when you fucking ship named them. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why people want these things in their shows all the time. Like we have them in every show that's on the CW. Do you really need another one? Yeah. So this is their, what they're asking for. This is the fundamental question that the show will have to wrestle with as Ava Sharp gets upgraded to series regular and presumably reunites as a couple with Sarah Lance. There is a person who will literally survive by cutting herself off from others for years. (laughs) That's what that's what I like about her. Yeah, that's her. That's her flaw. Uh, and and I was fine with her getting away this season, and then like having their little chats when she was sitting in the jump ship, you know, away from everybody. But I just don't know, like, if they keep put her on the ship, Ava, or continue this all the whole time. 
I just, it'll grow old and tiresome. Yeah, absolutely. All right, number four is a new villain. This article says, we are torn after Arrow 4, after Arrow Season 4, we basically felt like Neil McDonough. Is that how you say his name? Donna. Donna? McDonough? Mm -hmm. McDonough, Damien's Dark, had outstayed his welcome. I totally disagree with that. And that he was a potential liability as part of the Legion of Doom. Totally disagree with that. Yeah. Season four's issues had nothing to do with Damien Dark. Yes. Uh, it had to do with the writing of the show. Damien Dark was the highlight of the season. Yeah, stop, stop putting your opinion and not actually researching or doing whatever. Yeah. You know. They're just going with the, the, the gen- general easy consensus, you know, the sheep following the herd. Yeah. Like, well, this is what I heard. Going with the agenda. Yeah. So he says, no matter how compelling your villain is, you don't want to stick with the same one. I disagree with that as well. Maybe for a show like this, yes, but in general, having an ongoing villain, that's superhero one on one. Yeah. If we could have Deathstroke running around the whole time and Arrow just being a nemesis, not necessarily a big bad the whole time, or even reverse Flash because he's going to eventually come back, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody gets upset. They're like, fuck, Batman's fighting the Joker again. Yeah. I mean, you can wrap up your myth arc and your name, your main dilemma, but that doesn't mean the villain who started it all needs to be defeated and tucked away every season. No, it's not that simple in comic books. Yeah. All right. Number five, more Jonah Hex. I agree with that one. (laughs) Without a doubt. Yeah. Especially in disco uniforms. Now that you put that in my head. (laughs) Uh, Number six, I highly disagree. More Bebo. No. (laughs) Why? Are people this stupid? Oh, I really like Bebo. We need to see him in the episode. That, that, to me, that was one of those things where it's like uh, Phil Klimmer saying, yep, that's a good idea. Let's do it. A doll that talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, that they only went with Bebo because they don't have the rights to Sesame Street and <laughs> Bebo fit in instead of them trying to find a Tickle Me Elmo yeah. for Christmas that year. It's it's weird. I don't agree with that one. Maybe I should have gone through this list because I disagree with 99% You're of like, it. Yes, uh, these are horrible. Yeah. All right, so this concludes our discussion. Actually, we didn't get into final thoughts, did we? That's yeah. all right. You know what? This concludes our discussion <laughs> yeah, we're done. on Legends of Tomorrow Season 3? Yes. Episode 17. Thank you, Bob. And good night. Not in the mood for chit chat. Gotcha. Ready when you are.